in New York. I grew up on in the city and on Long Island. Nice. And I worked. I worked in uh, the only. Well, honestly, the only job I've ever really had was working in commercial in real estate. My primarily commercial because I worked for what what it was Integra. Now it's the office is now part of Newmark, but I worked for Cushman and Wakefield also for years. Okay. So I went, I've been to New York one time. I got to see Madden Square Garden. I got to see Times Square. We did go down to Long Island briefly, but I kind of stayed in that like financial district. Yeah, now I'm with you. And frankly, with our current mayor, with the current mayor of the city, you don't, uh, you really don't want to come back to New York. They will, I'm sure oh, really? we'll talk about, I'm sure we'll talk about this in the podcast as far as the markets. Uh, New York real estate market has been, investor wise, has been killed because they put in that people that people don't have the uh, don't have to pay rent oh really and you know and now the new governor who replaced Cuomo because he got kicked out for having uh for yeah. all the women uh she just saw is trying to sign something in new because that had already expired the moratorium on rent and again a lot of these buildings in the city in particular in the boroughs or rent stabilized the rent control buildings. So yeah. you're already getting a market that's, you know, government uh, suppressed. And because of that, you're, you know, you're not getting the, the, the rent. Like, for example, if I, I had a, an apartment at one point that rent stabilized was $1,600. Okay. But then at market, it was uh, $2,700. That's a big difference in yeah. what you can charge. And wow. especially because when you've got these older buildings are all oil fired for the most part, or some of them have gas, but most of them are older and oil fired. The, the, you're not asking tenants to pay for oil. They may pay for individual utilities for their gas for like their stove, but they're not paying for, um, they're not paying for the heat for the building. And yeah. there, there are requirements. And then there's also, again, you've got, the city and the state saying what you can raise rents uh, legally. So for example, because of the COVID, they're saying, well, you weren't able to raise rents, for example, the last year or two, but expenses still went up and now with inflation, and it's said, look, is it a political thing? Yes, because we are a product of who we, who we um, elect. And, yeah. and this is not a, this is not a, uh, a national thing per se. Like when you look at these individual markets like this, the, yeah. I know you want to get started. This is New York because they, that New York, they, yes, you have federal taxes and things like that, but you also have state taxes and local taxes and fuel, you know, with fuel. And I mean, for example, the tolls alone, when they bring fuel in from somewhere else and it's got to go across the bridge where the, you know, and they've got special charges because they're an overweight truck and that sort of thing. Yeah, it adds up. Right. Man, I've had, I had two friends that lived in New York. And uh, when they started to do the lockdowns, they they ditched their apartment. It killed my business. It, really? Well, Dang, that's I'm the thing. That's, that. that's the thing is people, it's going from an apartment market. And again, I don't know if you want to start and talk about this on the, on the podcast itself. Yeah, Both I mean, we can, we can jump in the later. Yeah, we can jump into the... No, no, that's fine. Because what happens is people have left the city. So New York was never a single family rental market. Yeah. But now it's become one. Because with people moving out of the city 
and work like for example i'm where you can see all the crap in the background i don't have to go into an office anymore yeah. i'm working from home and everything is horrible i mean you know there's the the cost of things and on a single family home you you don't have any rent controls, rent stabilization, rent control, but you still have a lot of expenses. Mm-hmm. And then the overall expenses of living in New York, tax, they, they didn't stop taxes from going up. Yeah. And the inflationary pressures are crazy. I mean, what are we talking about? I mean, like the president today I caught a brief glimpse where he talked about how we've seen, well, one, the job numbers were extremely low compared, they were expected to be almost 700,000. They were like 250 around there. That's not, that's because they're giving out too much government money. People don't want to go back to work. And then look, for example, in New York, about 4,000 restaurants were shut down. That, you know, that's, think about the number of jobs in 4,000, and that's just restaurants. And then for example, like Wall Street and others, I have a friend who works for Merrill Lynch. He doesn't, he, they told him, they go, you don't have to, if you can want to work for the, from home, you're more than welcome to work from home because they, they know there's less liability of a guy. Now he's vaccinated and all that, but they don't have to worry about him coming into the office. He doesn't have to worry about getting on a train, getting sick. They don't have to worry about a guy who got on the train and look what happened with the floods the other day. A guy, a, I know. People, people like, I don't want to get on a train. What right. if that happens again? Yeah. So with that flooding that all happened, there were no, and I don't know New York, so you got to help me with how it's all mapped out. Did the subways get flooded or were there no oh, subways? Yeah. yeah, no, no, they got flooded and a lot of them, not all of them. You, I mean, can, you can see the videos that are on the news of where the water came, came cascading down yes. in on people. And then it also wow. went in on trains. And be, remember, everything is electric down there. It's not yeah. like the subways are gas powered. Everything's electric. So everybody got killed. Wow. I don't mean literally killed, but I mean, yeah. everything got electric. You know, there were people that got hurt. Yes. But the electricity. Now, remember, there was, for example, there was a guy I was watching on the news today. He had just had hip surgery and he's one of the guys who was taking photos down there. And he's like, I'm he has problems with standing and being stable because of the hip surgery. So he's like, I was having problems. Yes, I was taking the photos where I could. He goes, but it was dangerous just being down there. Yeah. And that's a huge means of transportation. Huge. I mean, when listen, when I lived in the city. Yes, I had my truck and I put it, but I put it in a parking garage, which by the way, think about if you have to store your truck. And this was, well, 15 years I'm married plus the three or so 18 years ago, I was paying $350 a month on top of my truck payment, on top of the insurance, just for, just for putting it in a garage. A month. Yeah. And that's because I had a monthly charge, but I was only paying 350. If you had to put it on daily, you you'd probably be looking at five to six hundred dollars a month. I believe yeah. you say forget about it. Forget about it. That's why people <laughs> people don't want to have to now. People like I'd rather work from home. I don't have to drive my car. I don't have to spend money on gas. I don't have to spend money on a garage. Even if you're getting a discount or a corporate monthly discount or whatever it is, say you're saving three hundred dollars. You're also saving money on the gas and that sort of thing. Because I live in Westchester County, which is north of the Bronx. Yep. Um, but you know, but then again. Also, did I need? Do I need to tell anybody what was going on? In, I mean, everybody on TV saw what was it was going on, not just in New York and other cities too, 
And, and again, it's not a political thing. We had these Antifa guys or these other people who were attacking people and beating people. I mean, I recently had to go to Mount Sinai Hospital to see a doctor. That was about, that was what, the beginning of August, the first week of August. I think it was August 2nd or August 3rd. And parking near the hospital, because again, it's in the city, you got to park in a garage. There was some guy out on the street on the sidewalk swinging a stick at people. So I said, you know what? He was crazy. So I said, you know what? I'm going to move my car, took it out of one garage, put it in another. You still got to pay, though, by the way, even for a short period of time. You pay, you move it to another garage, and you, and you, you got to watch out. Because the last, look, if you're going to see a doctor, you're going to make sure, you know, you, you don't want to have to see him for a real problem. Yeah. You want, to see for, you want to see them for, again, because with COVID, you were locked down. You weren't able to get uh, blood work done or other tests done. And that had a huge effect on the medical office market. Yeah. Because doctors, the testing facilities, things like that. Like, for example, I had to get some MRIs because I've historically had back surgery. It's like, why would I go into the city? I went to a place more locally, ended up paying more because I had to pay a little bit out of pocket. But think yeah. about it. What Which I is did. tough that people are avoiding New York because it's such a big financial hub. There's so much money passed back and forth until COVID hit. And then it right. just. Well, that's why I say 4,000 rest, 4, restaurants are out of business. Think about all these office buildings now, because people like uh, Brookside is doing well as far as the bigger uh, uh, property companies. But there's certain where people, when they get there, when their leases are up, they're not renewing for the same square footage. And yeah. even those who do is say, why should I pay the same rent that I was? Yes, there's always going to be trophy buildings. Always. Yeah. But, you know, here's the why. Like, you know, people don't want to pay that kind of rent. And investors at the same time in those buildings, whether they're smaller, maybe mixed use, building, say it's a small office building, a small mixed use property. People do not want to pay that. And then there's all the other charges. The taxes are outrageous. And then, you know, what happens is when business, when taxes, when business, certain bid, uh, buildings are hurt, the taxes end up shifting over to another building instead, really. I mean, that's how it ends up working. People don't see it that way, but that's how they make it up. Yeah. And, and the expenses, again, these fuel companies and the maintenance companies, they just switch it over to somebody else to pay the, the cover. But think about it this way. If you don't have people in offices, the maintenance companies, the housekeeping companies, those types of things don't. Also look at hotels. Hotels got hurt. Who's going to yep. go to the hotel? And then because of that, like, for example, there's a, my wife and I, she'll be here tomorrow. There's, we have a housekeeper come once every two weeks to just, you know, really clean the place down. We have yeah. two kids and a dog and all that to really clean the place down. And I'll tell you something. She wasn't working for the most part. She was working. She used to work five days a week during the week and then, you know, do other work on Saturdays. She was, yeah. work, wasn't working during the week at first and then only working two, three days. Yeah, that's that, not a job you can do from home. No. And again, she worked in the hotel industry as far as a housekeeper in the hotel industry. And she couldn't. She could not know. She did not look at that, but she was at risk because you're going out into a place where potentially people were sick with COVID or other things like that. Yeah. I mean, you're cleaning up what could possibly be like residual uh, bacteria or a virus. Oh, yeah, oh, no, no. A lot bacteria. of people. And then on top of it, because there wasn't the turner over in the hotels, the companies, now my, my, my family historically, not recently, had a company out of Long Branch, New Jersey, that used to do 
the sheets, the pillowcases, all that sort of thing, the curtains for hotels in the, between, they, I say Long Bridge, they used to do stuff between Philadelphia and New York City. And they would send drivers out at night or in the early morning, they'd pick up the things, they dropped them off and then the maids on site. But when people stopped staying at hotels, there was no reason to send these things out. Yeah. And the restaurants, for example, and the hotels, who was eating at them? Yeah. Everybody was locked in the house. My wife is a teacher, is a teacher. She's teaching remotely. And now, for example, if you see on TV, Mamaronek, that town that's all flooded out. Yeah. My wife was a teacher in that district. She went down there to say, we're right. off for the half of the Jewish holiday, which is Monday and Tuesday. I think maybe Monday through Wednesday. She's not going to go back to school on, on Thursday because it's four feet of water. How yeah. is that going to affect real estate? Because now you're going to have a problem with everybody having to file yeah. claims with insurance companies, insurance companies saying, you know what, this is covered, but this is not. Yep. And there's some owners that are just going to go out of business. And there's some landlords that are going to say, I'm not going to cover the cost. You're going to have certain people that are going to leave their leases. So, you know, it's if it's not one thing, it's something else. I mean, I was just watching, for example, uh, on, on the news today, there's that one part of Louisiana because of this hurricane, every single house was demolished. Every single one. So think about it. If you're a small business there, the, not only is because people didn't just live there, they rented out these houses. The rental market there is dead. The other market where people would go to stores for like, you know, uh, for beer, for food, the restaurants, they're all gone. There's one, there's, and I was watching another today where a restaurant owner said, uh, well, listen, he goes, I, I did get my electric back. He goes, but my, my tenants, well, my, my uh, employees can't get to the restaurant because of, you know, to work because of the water. And yeah. here's the other problem. People who left aren't coming into the restaurant or the bar to eat or drink. They're yeah. gone. Yeah. It's going to be a tough transition. I'm, I'm anxious to see what New York builds back to be once all this is done and finalized and they can start building back. Cause I think it's in recovery mode right now. It won't be the same. All I can tell you is because I'm I'm certified I, I, in Philadelphia and New Jersey. I've been down to Philadelphia during COVID. And what they did, yes, New York did a little bit, but Philadelphia is laid out a little differently. They put out, they did a lot of outdoor eating, a lot of outdoor restaurants, a lot of outdoor uh, retail types of properties. They had space to do that. They had New space. York. That's, New York had no space. And yeah. on top of it, think about it this way. Some of these higher end stores, you're not going to get a huge rush of clients in a high-end store. What yep. you're going to get is a few people at a time. So social distancing-wise, some of the higher-end stores is still able to do better. In fact, the people that survived the pandemic better were the ones with money already. Yeah. Of course. The reserves. Yep. Man, I'm I'm curious. That's one of the hotbeds that I'm, I'm curious about. I'm curious about, I mean, all the big markets, the New Yorks, the L.A.'s. I want to see what they can come out of. I think New York started a little bit better than what California started or Los Angeles started with. Um, they've got a tough road ahead of them. I'm just curious to see what's going to happen. And well, I'll tell you, if they, ever, if they don't fix the rent laws where they're keeping ten, uh, landlords, you see this thing that- Because it's very uh, tenant friendly in New York, right? It, for the most part, it was because the laws were written in the favor of tenants. But well, that's why landlords can't collect their rents. You've got landlords 
who are losing buildings and they, that they've owned for years. They're losing all their equity. They're, they're having to walk away from these buildings, just turn the keys in in some cases because they can't pay the mortgage, but their tenants are living there. Yeah. And then I'm sure the bank is now scrambling to see what they do with the property. Because there's not many buyers out there. No, there's no buyers, no buyers. And on top of it, you know, there's the anticipation that, well, I mean, I was watching again on the business network today. And again, I keep saying it because that's what I follow. They're talking about at some point, rates are going to go up 25 basis points. Even if it's if on an investor, and then that's on a residential rate, on a commercial rate, it might go up 50 basis points because the risk is much higher. And that's what yeah. the bank is loaning is risk. I mean, I have I have two clients, because again, I, I work in the commercial world, banks that I dealt with that are no longer in business. And they weren't, they weren't like federally chartered banks where they had FDIC if things went bad. They were smaller, you know, mortgage banks. They didn't have the same protections as other banks did, federally chartered institutions. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna have to keep in contact with you to find out what's gonna happen in the future on that one. But yeah, um, we'll see what we'll see what happens in New York. It's a it's yeah. a mess. Yeah. Hope it'll it'll get cleaned up. It's it's had tough spots before. It always gets resilient. It'll come back. It will. Time. I think it's you know what? Like after 9-11, I happened to be blocks away. I happened to be going down to Tribeca to do an, an inspection. I was on the subway. The really? subway stopped. Now I wasn't going, I did have I was the girl I was dating at the time happened mm-hmm. to work for Deloitte and Touche, and she was from Wisconsin. Now she was that was the one for Mech yes. One. Okay. Yes. Oh, really? And I mentioned Mech yeah. One before. She ended up and I can understand. Don't take it the wrong way. It's different if you're from Wisconsin. She came here because she had gone. She'd gone to Notre Dame, and then she came uh, to work for Deloitte with the intention. At some point, she was probably going to go to the Midwest, back to the Midwest, but it wasn't anytime soon. And she worked on in Tower Two. Um, and what happened was after that went down, and like a lot of people, it didn't matter that she was necessarily from Wisconsin or anywhere else. It scared the living daylights yeah. out of them. So yeah. she said, you know what? I'm going back to work. From, and, and I'm going to, she already had a degree from Notre Dame and worked for Deloitte. She's like, I'll take a job at a small accounting firm. And she had yeah. all that excuse back in Wisconsin. She goes, I'll go work in Milwaukee or wherever. And again, because her dad used to work for a Midwest Express Airlines, they had connections. So she was going to get a job there one way or another. They were looking for her to move back there one way or another. But she said, I'm out of here. And a lot of people left and didn't come back. Yeah. So yeah, but New York bounced back. You know, they, they, they made changes. And that was when Bush was president. And the New York market roared back because you yeah. had... You had when there was construction on the new towers, right? There was also construction on new offices, and there was construction on restaurants, and there was construction yeah. on infrastructure that Isn't they needed. Isn't that the same time that Giuliani started to crack down on well, on street crime and? Giuliani was had already been doing that. He had those okay. things where you you couldn't get away. Look, as whatever you think of Giuliani from the last few years, Giuliani was probably the best mayor that I've ever known in New York City because of that, because he had that, that was that approach where, you know, you, you break it, you're going to jail or you're something's hat. I heard you're you done. couldn't get away with jaywalking. Like you, you don't could, use a crosswalk. You're nah, you, know. you couldn't get, you couldn't get away with anything there. And again, the districts in, in like the Times Square area around there, the quote unquote 
you know, red light area, sex trade and all that sort of thing. A lot of things got cracked down on. And yeah. then there was that, you know what, that helped real estate because those were, those were good markets. Midtown yeah. were good markets for people to live. If you didn't have to worry about running into something in the middle of the night, because look, yeah. if you work, if you work, for example, I have a friend who worked for Goldman Sachs. This guy used to work 15 to 18 hours a day. The only time he spent not in the office was going to his apartment, coming back to his apartment. If you lived in Midtown and you had to do that, you know, because yeah. again, the financial world was a little lower. There were a lot of people that that did that. The markets, the market did really, really well once Giuliani was mayor. Yeah. Yep. And uh, hold on one second. Sorry, my son is home from school. He had a question. I apologize. Yes, you're fine. Oh, Marcus. So go to the back door and hit the garage opener, and then you can grab it. Okay. Sorry about that. You're okay. I got two. They're in the other room. <laughs> uh, we have two boys home with prep. Oh, no. Coincidentally, on the first week of school. They went to the first day, and then they're off the rest of the week. Oh, yeah. Um, well, what do you have? Because of the Jewish holiday coming up, they're off for the rest of the week or something? Or uh, I think it's just Labor Day to get Monday off. Mon yeah, no, Monday. My, my oh. wife's saying my wife's a teacher. She's off Monday. Then we have the Jewish holiday. And on top of it, with like when my wife teaches Mamaronek, that place is it's all water. She isn't going back to school right away. We're yeah, in I Wisconsin. Know. I don't think anybody knows what a Jewish person looks like out here. Well, so I the only one. So within working with school districts, I got to work with one school district that was super dynamic. It was different religious holidays. They were economic status differences. Mm -hmm. But they were the only school in the state that I know that would get off for Jewish holidays, along with Catholic holidays. Mm -hmm. It was that's that's New York. That happens in New York, though. My dad, yeah, was, was, my dad was Jewish, and I miss me some matzo ball soup, man. That's like yeah, no, I'm telling you, it's it's different in New York and New Jersey and Pennsylvania yes. than it is in other areas because of that. Yeah. Yes. Um, and one other thing I was gonna say about. Julian or anybody that's at the helm in New York, it is, you don't understand how big that city is until you're either traveling in or out because one borough is bigger than Wisconsin. Well, that's the thing is it's five boroughs. And on top of it, you've got the adjacent communities, yeah. which are really, really, they're all, everything is interconnected. You know, again, with the trains, the ability for the trains. And then what happened is, like, look at the summers. People would leave the city to go out to the Hamptons, Long Island, Connecticut, other places, and they do business there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad that you're on because uh, when I went to New York, obviously being in real estate, I'm, I'm trying to see how this city is put together and uh, trying to look at valuations on buildings. And I don't know anything about it. So I'm thinking, okay, if I'm a real estate agent and I'm licensed in New York, if I'm from Long Island, how am I selling in Brooklyn? And do you cross boroughs? Usually, are you usually, there are some, usually on the commercial end, but for the most part, there is no crossing of boroughs. Okay. Um, I mean, you might have, you, what I would say is this. there. Yes, there is, if you're looking at, say, Brooklyn and Queens, because they're right they're adjacent to each other. Okay. Um, but if, for example, if you're a Manhattan broker, you're not going to the Bronx. If you're a Bronx broker, you're not coming to Manhattan. Staten Island brokers 
art to their own. It's a, it's a market to itself. Yes. Okay. So they are very, it's one city, but you're sticking to your borough. It's very segmented. I think there's over 5,000 licensed agents. Just in New York City. Yeah. Wow. That's and a that's lot. just residential. No, no, well, no, that's a, a, a residential and commercial. Okay. But, you know, again, there's a, they don't really like, for example, residential usually doesn't do commercial. Now you do have a few in the city, people who work for like a Corcoran or a Douglas Elliman, but though, and, but those are different firms. For example, I did some valuation work with for uh, Corcoran. It's there's a, there's a, a, a part of that agency called uh, Corcoran Wexler. Um, and what they do is medical office properties. They specialize because the guy Wexler was very close with a lot of doctors. So he became the go-to broker, kind of like, you know, those guys on that show in California, broker show, they have certain property. Niches. No, 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 no. Um, oh. What is it with Josh flag and all those guys and Tracy Taylor or, I or Tudor, Tracy Taylor. you know, I'm thinking, but those guys, the, the real, the real, no, not real housewives. Um, you know what I'm talking about? The, the, the real yeah. estate, they become very segmented. So what they do is like, this guy was a strictly, he did medical office. Now, medical office in New York City is really strong, primarily because there's so many doctors there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'm, well, I mean, I know we're already halfway into the show. I wanted to get this in earlier. I want to know your background. So the audience knows, okay. I'm talking to Adam. He's got all this inside knowledge. What does he do? So if you can give us uh, a little background of what got you into, you said commercial real estate. I, yeah, I started out originally when I was in Columbus working for a home builder. And um, that was just to get my feet wet because they, they had a job where you didn't go in. They had model homes, but they didn't open up until three or four in the afternoon. Most of the time they'd stay up until seven or eight. So I could go to school or do other things and then go to work and then work on the weekends because they were, you know, they were home builders. And then I, but I also worked in valuation um, with a number of businesses and I'm, I'm by primarily by trade. I'm an appraiser, a commercial appraiser. I have the MAI designation, the SRA designation. I've been doing it for a long, long time. And I did it the old way where it was based on really based on experience versus now they've lost so many people. So they're bringing them in differently. Um, but it was a different world that I lived in because things were very different. Again, I, I worked, you, you work in a place like Columbus, Ohio, there's a lot of crossover between residential and commercial. Then when I came back to New York, I was primarily commercial and working for Cushman, working for Integra, which is again, now part of it is Newmark, uh, some of the offices and then working for Cushman and Wakefield and then saying I was going to work for myself because I specialize in a certain niche where why was I splitting fees with somebody when I could do the work myself? Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome that you were able to, to build up the background and build up the knowledge to be able to go do that on your own. 32 years I've been in the business. Yeah. Long time. It's a, a good background to have as you venture off on your own. I started in college. So for me, I'm 52, but this is 32 years. Like I said, that means I've been since I'm 20 years old. I've yeah. never worked in any other industry, but real estate. I, I, I should say I've, I've helped in other industries, like for example, in wellness and that sort of thing. But for example, that's a product of being involved with certain people 
from the real estate world there. Yeah. But I've been, again, I'm, uh, it's, and that's the way it is. Again, most of, a lot of people in the city, it, I have friends, that's the only thing they've ever, ever done. Like, for example, when I worked at Cushman, the guy I worked for in particular, they hired him while he was in college as an intern. They paid the rest of his way through college, and then they brought him on right away. He's now almost 60 years old, and he's been with them since he's like wow. Think about being that's six, like unheard a, of. It, well, that's that's what they do is they, they bring people in so young and they nurture them. Because yeah. frankly, think about it. If 40 years ago, you didn't need to make a lot of money. A lot of these guys were living in their parents' houses still. They were living in a dorm room or something like that. But they did not need to make a lot of money. But they were they were already getting paid well. I mean, I remember they were, when I first got in the business, when I'd make twenty five dollars or $30,000, I was making good money. I didn't have a wife. I didn't have kids. I, I mean, yeah. there was a point when I was in Columbus, for example, my rent and utilities were $250 a month. Well, when you're making when you're making no, that's 30, your energy 30, bill. right well yeah. that's that's what i'm saying because it was it was it was it was it was the, the you get a bill any other bill like an it was because uh, the uh heat was included in the in the rent but my electric bill used to be like 25 dollars a month Think about it that's nothing and my and the cost of groceries was nothing i mean it would cost a total of 400 500 a month to live that's, that's nothing. I mean, when you're yeah. making you're making thirty thousand dollars a year. I mean, think about it. That's six hundred dollars a week. I was making more than that at times, and it was like, wow, I just had a lot of money. And, yeah. and at the time, I mean, for that kind of thing. I mean, I. But then again, I could go out with my friends. We could travel. We could do different things, stuff like that, you know. But it's a very different animal than yeah. it is now. Now, everything, again, it's not just, infl- well, inflation is, is, is roaring back now, which is hurting landlords too, because the cost of utilities is going way up. And now what you've seen since the change of the administration, look at the price of gas. I mean, I was buying gas for $1.99 or below before here in New York. Now I'm paying three and a quarter a gallon. Thanks. Yeah, we're not far behind you. I think I feel the. No, I'm not. I'm, surp- I'm not. I, and you know what? It's going to it's going to go up again because yeah. of uh, of taxes are going to go up to help. I mean, just for infrastructure and things like that. They talk about all that money coming out of Washington. There's going to be a local contribution, state contribution to it all. And when you see what happened with the storms, for example, in New York and New Jersey, the way some of the roads look, the feds are not going to be able to pay for everything. Local governments are going to have to pay for certain things. There's always a local infrastructure cost of some sort. Yeah. That's why I never drive. So I'll just stay home and I'll <laughs> pay for gas and everything will be good. Well, you know, in New York, that's why so many people take trains and buses. Yes, there was no, the, the cost of having, because when you have a car, you don't just have a car, you have a utility uh, yeah. or gas costs, but you also have to pay maintenance costs. And then on top of it, your insurance costs. Yes. I used to love taking the train. I take the train down to the city. I'd commute to work on the train. I loved it. We just don't have that out here. Like really as like a really good structure. I mean, they have like the light rail downtown. They have the park and rides out here, but it's nothing that you can like really base your, your commute off of. No. And even think about it, for example, in other cities on the West coast, and I don't remember, I mean, I spent a little bit of time in LA, but you know, they gave me a car, but look at San Francisco. They have the trolleys there. Mm -hmm. People can actually ride those and things like that. Or people, you know, what I also did when I was in New York city living there, 
I would, I was in, I'm in good shape now, but I used to walk yeah. everywhere. Oregon has a great transit system as well too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I'd, I'd actually, I, I lived on West 58th street uh, across from what was, it, it was St. It was Roosevelt uh, um, as far as the hospital. Now it's Mount Sinai. Uh, Mount Sinai Roosevelt. But the point is, is that I used to, I loved walking. You know why? You walk, you, it was the city, it was the environment. You could get some, you, you, you were never more than what, 50 feet away from getting something to eat that you liked. Yes. I loved it. Uh, New York it, like, will always have a very, very special place in my heart. And I will always go back and visit and try to show my kid, like, this is where I used to hang out. This is where I would, you know, grab food from. And, you know, I really. And now they're making it so difficult though, because people do not want to go back and, and, and work in a place uh, or even visit in a place with where you can get attacked on the street. I mean, again, yeah. what, what happened, the riots, and th- those were not typical. That's what, you know, a lot of that was just, well, yes, it was racially charged, but a lot of landlords, that scared a lot of landlords out. And like I tell you, a lot of landlords left New York. Mm-hmm. That was another reason why, because again, I'm primarily a New York guy. It, it really affected business. Yeah. I mean, in that area and in L.A., um, I felt like they had a lot of things working against them. They had obviously the social uh, tensions growing. They had already they were already kind of in a financial distress. Um, and then all that unemployment came out. I, I feared the worst. I, I feared that everyone was going to just mass exodus these big metro areas. And you had a lot of people from LA going to Texas. You had Texas or you had New York going to Florida. I just, I'm hoping that at least some people take the chance to go back and try to rebuild those areas. Well, let, me, let me just say this. I have a friend, a cousin actually, Bobby, who was a New York City cop. Once you were in a certain amount of time, especially if you joined the force a long time ago, he retired with uh, my, my cousin also, uh, Linda. And they, what they did was they moved down to Florida. Again, now it's a uh, you can you get the pension of what you made in New York. You use it in Florida. How's this? You don't have to pay state income taxes on it. I know that's and why it's the same way in Texas. Back. It's why people are moving there. It's why investors are moving there because te- everybody who's leaving California is going to places like Texas. And people in Texas are like, look, leave your politics on the West Coast, but come here, but come yeah. here to Texas because they know they're bringing their tech firms, which means they're bringing those jobs, like Elon Musk is what left California for Texas. He's bringing all those jobs. He's building a factory down there. That's a lot of infrastructure itself and building in Texas. And look, yes, yes, we get hurricanes. Yes, we get other storms, but they're not, look, what was this? They said this was the last one we had like this was 20 years ago. You know, that was was this bad. I mean, then there was a bad storm with Sandy uh, which was when Chris Christie was governor, but that was like three governors ago. Yeah. yeah. I mean, natural disasters are going to happen. It's going to happen anyway. on the coast, on any coast. Well, that's the point is when you live on the coast with water, that's going to happen. I mean, yeah. and for example, even when I lived in Ohio, you had tornadoes. But I was going to say that, yeah. You didn't have to worry about it the way, you know, the way you did now. And, and here's the other thing. When I was in Columbus, you didn't have to worry about um 
about people like, you know, we had the Antifat thing and all that stuff during COVID, uh, you know, at the beginning with all the race riots and all that type of thing. You didn't have that in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. You just didn't. Yeah. Didn't exist. And people, so people said, you know what, quality of life. That's why a lot of people also left New York City. They're like, yeah, I'll move up to Westchester. I'll move up to Putnam. I'll move up to Dutchess counties away from New York. So oh. if I ever have to go, yeah, I'll, I'll travel. It'll be for an hour, hour and a half to travel, but I don't have to go there to work every day. And yeah. that's the thing with cut. Like I said, my friend with Merrill Lynch, he doesn't have, he's, they sell them. You don't ever have to come to the office again. Right. Yeah. So with, with all, you said everybody's moving north, the county that you mentioned. They're moving. They're moving now. They're, I'm in Westchester. They're moving to Putnam. They're moving to uh, Dutchess County. They're moving. They're also moving uh, in parts of like uh, New Jersey, northern New Jersey. Um, okay. But they're also leaving. Um, they're, they're living in other parts of New York as well. But parts of, nor- of northern New Jersey, parts of Pennsylvania. Like I have a friend who left um, New Jersey to move to the Allentown area. Interesting, and, and that's grown big time. They put the a new biggest one of the look at the Philadelphia uh, Turnpike area, just like up in near Allentown. They've got all these new casinos and stuff like that. They bring a lot of jobs that which when, when you bring those jobs and you build that, you you create a demand for housing because the people right. who work at the casinos don't say, "Yeah, I'm going to drive back to New York at the end of the day," or "I'm going to go back to New Jersey." They want to live there. And then yep. the, because of the taxes, the money's invested in schools, the money's invested in infrastructure. And people say, you know what? I have no, I have a friend who moved to Allentown. She's like, I have no reason to ever leave now. She yeah. actually, she, she, she said, the furthest we drive is Bethlehem, which is right next to Allentown. But they don't, they've got everything that you can, I mean, yeah. that, look, who goes through all of these days? You'd be scared. Who, I don't know anybody who goes to, look, if you're a New Yorker, you don't really go to Broadway shows a lot anyway. But there are people that do it. It's a tourist spot. Tourist spot a lot. But here's a fact. It's great. But here's a fact is look what happened to that real estate all getting shut down. People Mm -hmm. and that because of that, people didn't come from other places to spend money in New York. So the restaurant, like I said, 4,000 restaurants closed down. The hotels didn't have people coming in to go see shows and all that stuff staying here. Um, Mm -hmm. It just doesn't. And now Why? Yeah. There's no reason for so it's affecting rents because people are saying, why should I pay, for example, office rents here and stuff I did? I, I, I don't know what they are, where you guys are. I know in markets I've done outside of New York, they can be, you know, 15, 20, 30, $40 a square foot. I mean, stuff yeah. I was doing in New York City was $125, $150 a square foot for office rent. Yeah. I mean, in our right, little town, in our little town, like in the busy, busy part of our town, which is twenty thousand, maybe. Um, I mean, you're looking at like twenty-five to thirty a square foot for commercial in That's a nice bad. building in in new. So to see a hundred, hundred and fifty, like that's those that's, are numbers that I that, a, yeah, a lot of places that's for junk too. Yeah. In like Milwaukee, obviously way different. Madison, way different. We're like smack dab in the middle of Madison, Milwaukee. Yeah, and but listen, we are I, a small little and, and that street level retail where people would get, you know, they they would call them bodegas where people would go to get sandwiches, people would go to get drinks, people would go to get beers. That yep. stuff in a lot of cases was over two hundred dollars a foot because your rent wow. was based on a percentage of sales. Oh my god, that's insane. Yeah, I haven't seen a lease out here made up of percentage of sales, but 
That that's a, you get a base rent and then a percentage of sales. You have that a lot in the, for example, you have an overage rent. I, I did a lot of triple net investment with like supermarkets or things like that. So yeah. I just use an example. Uh, I'll just call, uh, well, here we have shop, a lot of shop rates in New York. So we had a shop rate, say you were paying $50 a square foot rent. But then your sales per square foot of floor area were over $300 per foot, which in a lot of cases they were, you'd pay a percentage of that number over the $300 in extra rent. Really? In addition so that's hard for the business owner to figure out what they're... No, nah, they figure it out. They, they, have to, okay. they, have to do, they have to do monthly or quarterly or biannual, annual reporting to reconcile everything. That makes it even more difficult because then they have to pay all those extra accounting costs, yeah. the extra business costs that are associated with owning real estate. Do you feel like the business owners out there, and I'm only asking because I've, it might be around Wisconsin, but I have not been... I have no, not it's, heard of it. Do business owners like that or do they not? No, like no, that? no. No, it's very particular. Certain areas like a New York and LA, there are some okay. areas outside of Philadelphia that are like that. But for the most part, you don't see that. Okay. The terms of rent are very different in many of the markets. For example, you have certain markets that are strictly gross rent, and other markets that are gross plus utilities, others that are uh, a modified basis, and then you have the triple net basis. Most of the yeah. retail is a triple net basis. Yeah, I mean, over here we see triple net and we see modified gross. Those are like your two that you see. If, there, if there's anything outside of that, people get like a little worried, like what is this person trying to pull on me? Yeah, very, offices, offices are modified gross or they're net. Yeah. Uh, in some cases, they're gross plus utilities, something like that. Yeah. Um, so as you were talking about everybody exiting New York, going up to these suburbs, with you being uh, an appraiser, what have you seen in terms of investors going into that? Or is that more? Oh, like yeah. Families? Oh, yeah. No, no. Oh, yeah. For example, central New Jersey, there are a lot of guys, especially in the ethnic communities, they've left New York. They're moving their investments elsewhere. They're moving into places like New Jersey. For example, like my friend who works for Merrill Lynch, who does not have to go back to the city. He and his wife, actually, the kids are out of the house, but he actually ended up buying a slightly bigger house because he was able to build out his office, where at the end of the day, he then shuts the door, locks the key on the office and goes the next day. That way he kind of segregates his home life from his office life, but yeah. it's right there. I mean, he can go to work. You know, he told me, he said, frankly, and you've seen some of these guys on television. These guys are on Zoom meetings. They're wearing a suit from the waist up, but, oh, yeah. not, but not down because they don't have to. Well, they yep. put something on an hour. They dress up for an hour and then they're done. There, yeah. there, was, a, there was one guy on the news here in New that York. That was me today. I got dressed up for you guys. You're welcome. There you go. I dressed up in my nice zip up. <laughs> It's Look at me. Of, I mean, this is, I don't have to, I can wear my hat. I can wear right. everything working from home doing this. Yeah. My husband always said, he's like, if I ever had to work from home, he wouldn't, he would like, he would need that office space that was separated from the house and he would have to get dressed and he would have to go there. And then he would have to like shut the door and couldn't talk to me. And I was like, oh, but I can multitask. I'm really good at it. He was like, no. Yeah. No, that's why I put my attic in the office. I have to pull down a ladder to get up to my office. It's accessible, but far enough away where it'll keep me separate from work and personal because it, it bleeds quickly in real estate. Yes, yes, it does. It teeters quickly. Um, my second follow-up question to that about people moving investments, 
for you, what have you seen on the appraisal side? Is that throwing numbers off? Is that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because for example, cap rates, um, they're not what they, although they're, some of them are still low, but they're, it's because the mortgage rates, whether the rates of investment are much low or are staying low. Um, but yeah, now we're seeing the market has fundamentally changed. COVID has fundamentally changed things. Yeah, yeah. because we're, we're getting inflated sale prices just because of lack of inventory. So I we've mean, got that. I mean, they're, they're talking about there's no inventory on a lot of certain parts of the market. Yeah. And so you're, as an appraiser, you're battling, okay, I have to factor in the, the, the supply new- and demand and all that, where it's coming from and where it is. Again, like I said, when you've got 4,000 vacant restaurants in New York City, if you're appraising a restaurant, you have to say, there's a sub, that's the principle of substitution in real estate. Would you buy this investment or would you buy this investment? Well, if you've got one where you can get, uh, you know, the rate of return or you could put your own tenant in there, there's a lot of different things you could do in there. So there's a lot of factors depending on the sub-markets within the greater markets. Like, for example, New York City has so many sub-markets. Think about it. You have the financial district. You have Upper East Side, Upper West Side. You have Midtown, Tribeca. You have everything. And it's the same happens when you go over to, like, New Jersey. You may have Bergen County in northern New Jersey. And you have central New Jersey. You have southern New Jersey. And that southern New Jersey, usually part of it at least is encompassed by Philadelphia, which has an overlap too, because there are people who, for example, there are a lot of guys in center city, Philadelphia, they got people. Well, now if you see it on television, it's flooded. People are are glad they're not working in center city, Philadelphia. You can't get there. I have a friend I was speaking to yesterday who has an office at the Bellevue, which is a large office building in center city, Philadelphia. And he's not going to the office and he's not planning on going to the office. Yeah. There's no need right now. No need. So with, with everything being inflated, the lack of inventory, everything pushing sale prices and appraisal or yeah, appraisals high. Do you see this being a major, major oops and just a bubble happening where things we're, crash? We're, we're going to see it. We're seeing a fundamental shift in the way things are happening. We're going to, you're going to start seeing, uh, I think you're going to start seeing, for example, in the, in the housing market, people are going to buy homes or rent apartments. Like, for example, a single guy or even a couple might rent a two-bedroom apartment, not because they need the second bedroom as a bedroom. They need the second bedroom as an office. Mm-hmm. Yep. We are literally doing a flip right now. And we had the choice of we had some extra square footage and we put in an office because we're we're thinking, okay, with the times right now, the person who's going to buy this home in this market is probably going to be in a position where they can work from home. Let's give them a nice office. And there, we're no, there is no reason. There is no reason for people. They don't have to for people to go into an office. And like I said, there are businesses that are saying we're seeing it all over. Even some of the technology companies on the West Coast, the Googles and them are saying, yeah, you don't have to come back to the office for till 2022 or some of these people will never go back to my, my niece. She works for Facebook and they're like, no, you can, you don't need to come back. You can just you work. Not. stay, stay at home and work, you yeah. know, and, and she moved all- halfway across the country. She now lives in San Francisco and she's like, it doesn't really matter where I am. I can work. Anywhere. Yeah. My brother, or my brother-in-law works in Baltimore and he lives down the street. Yeah. 
So it's it's a weird little dynamic. I'm I'm anxious to see, especially like you were mentioning before, brick and mortar, which creates jobs, it creates people wanting to live around it, are becoming more extinct. More extinct. You won't and you will not need you how's this for you will not need like for example the services that that clean these buildings that provide other services to these buildings and then as a result you're going to need fewer services i'm saying already started to see mine fewer services like mine if people are working from home but i primarily a commercial focus okay they don't need that. And, and then you've got untrained residential, primarily residential appraisers who don't understand the dynamic of the market. I mean, if you look yeah. at a lot of the residential properties, they're done on a form uh, because I do reviews of certain appraisals. They're done on a form and other appraisals where they're done in a narrative report, which is a thick report. So it's a very different situation. It's very specific to the market. Yeah. Yeah. In out New York, have the appraisals been matching up with Sale prices? Have you met? Have you come across cases where they just don't match up? And you well, no, I know I've seen it, but it's not where the values are short. It's the opposite, actually. It's where, say, for example, the property goes into contract in January, okay, but then by the time the appraisal's done and everything, it's March, okay, because of the lender and all that sort of thing. So the yeah. property value is actually going up. So say, for example, you bought a property, I'm just going to use an example, you bought a property for 100, or you're in contract for 100. But then by the time the appraisal gets done, and everything is 120, or something like that. And you got to reconcile why that, and that's just, a, a, I'm using that as a number to make it the numbers. Yeah. Easy. But in, in cases where, for example, you buy a property for a million, then you're like, by the time everything is done, it's maybe worth a million, one, a million, two fifty, because you know the utility of the property, that sort of thing. And then again, think about the other, other built types of properties that are getting hurt because of that parking garages, all sorts of things. It's having a, yes, a trickle down effect. Yep. We'll just see how far it trickles down. Are you seeing are you seeing the sellers saying, all right, you got to come back up? It just no. it went up, or is that no, you can't. Once you're in contract or once you've got an accepted offer, they can't do that. And if they do, you you're gonna end up with legal problems. Yeah. I just wasn't sure how New York did it with yeah, nah, so you you know, they when they sign binding things, they're binding. Yeah. That's yeah. the way it is. And here's the other thing. When you sign and you go into a contract, you're putting money into escrow. So yep. if you screw around with it, you're losing your money. Yep. And the seller is like, you know what? You're not going to perform on the contract uh, or, you know, that sort of thing. Or you, you're doing, you know, and all the buyers, by the way, are happy because they're like, yeah, I just, I'm paying for a property, say 500000 but it's really worth five twenty five by the time I close on it. Yeah. They're loving it. Equity, yeah. Yeah, they're walking. That's what they do is they walk in. It's, and you guys know with a flip, for example, you might buy a property for 100 by the time you put your time, sweat, and equity, a personal equity into it. Now you're thinking it's going to be worth, They maybe your you know, is cost is one thing, but it's worth more than that. And then, with the, and then with the market going up, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going through a huge refinance right now in my portfolio and I'm trying to get it in now because I feel like that equity is just going to be risen just with what the times are right now. Um, oh, yeah. And again, you've also you've got, for example, that New York thing where they're not paying. The government was supposed to help pay the rents. You've got landlords 
who are losing their properties. They're losing their equity. Somebody's buying them at a discount, going in, repositioning the property and making money just on that. And again, it's a, basically a flip. The banks don't want to own properties. They have no yep. desire to. No desire to manage. Banks have no desire to own real estate. Right. None at all. Yeah. All it does is it's a number that sits on their balance sheet that they don't like. Right. I just got done reading, uh, you know, that for dummies book series. Yeah. The foreclosure investor for dummies. I turned it on to audiobook and I was listening to it and they were referencing people were making just business models over contracts. They would go buy foreclosure contracts. You can sell it back to the old owner on some sort. Like they were going through all of the different ways um, that they're making money on, on basically either short sales or people that are in distress, basically either going into foreclosure or talking about uh, deed in lieu. And uh, he was like, Hey, there's some a deed, deed in lieu of foreclosure. People are saying, Hey, here's my deed. I'm going goodbye. Yeah. Here are like, my I, keys. Here's the deed. I'm out. I'm done. Well, I really think that you did a fantastic job with this podcast today. And I really feel like we're going to have to have you come back on again, because I don't feel yeah. like you've uncovered everything that we should have today. And I feel like you and Marcus are just gelling, just getting along real good. I'll be back. Just let me know when. Awesome. Yeah, I want to Because go you back know what? The, the market's going to change. The market's going to change. It changes constantly. A hundred percent. Absolutely. It does. It's nuts. My favorite thing now is I'll call the lumber yard and I'm like, hey, can you tell me what the cost of lumber is this minute? They're like, this minute? I'm like, yeah, prices are crazy. What is it well, this minute? That's one of the things that changed during this whole thing was the board foot of what, what lumber costs and what yes. you know utility costs. And then, example, trying to get labor, people who would come out. So, I mean, now that's, I think- it's hard. Probably, yeah, it's hard. I mean, listen, I, 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 don't, I won't get political over it, but a lot of these guys that are coming over the border are going to be working in the construction trade. They're going to be either getting paid off the books or they're going to be getting, look, I know the guys who, where I am, who do the lawns and all that. I don't think there's a single one that's legal. Truthfully, I don't care. The point is, is I, I'm not, I got, it's not, I just don't, they're looking for jobs during the pandemic. They were, everybody was out there working, doing that. The grass still got cut. The pools still got yeah. cleaned. Everything still got done like that. Yeah. I will happily pay whoever does a quality job for me. I will happily pay. There you go. And they don't, they don't care. And, and frankly, you, like you said, you don't care either. As long as they do a good job, you don't care. Exactly correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you everybody for listening to this podcast yeah. today, straight from New York. It was awesome to have you on. Yeah. Um, Ever since I've been to New York, I've been waiting to talk to somebody in real estate from New York because that place is just fascinating. And with everything going on now, I just got all of my like thoughts out in the questions. And yeah, no, anytime. That like I awesome. said, invite me, I'll be back. Just let me know because the market's dynamic, the market's going to change. And the thing is, I have a unique perspective because I've been doing this for 32 years and I've been doing it not just here in New York, but in other states as well, whether it be New York, New Jersey, Ohio. And again, as somebody who does reviews, I do, I've actually done review work outside, work in Canada, work in Israel, work wow. in Puerto Rico, Ooh, all cool sorts one. of work, stuff like that. The markets are very different. Mm -hmm. And yeah. there's, a, there's a unique aspect. That's why we were able to talk about Texas. Yes. Yeah. No, that is awesome. And your wealth of knowledge was, was just 
great to hear. Um, I sure definitely want to get you back on to your podcast, like on repeat, nonstop. There you go. And Lovely. like I said, have me back anytime if you want to talk about a specific topic. Like you say, hey, we want to talk about multifamily this time or office yes. this time. Because those, let me tell you, I really think people who traditionally may have invested in single family homes or mixed use type properties are going to start stepping outside, investing in small office properties, in particular, single tenant office properties where they don't have to manage them. And they don't have to worry about retail, you know, things like that, mixed use properties, things like that. I think, look, we've now that we're a year and a half into it, people have gotten accustomed to COVID being around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I knew at the beginning, I was like, I hope it doesn't turn into the new normal, but it's the new normal. It is the new normal. It is. I hate that I'm saying it because it's like, it is the chalkboard, but it is. It is the new normal. There's, there's no, there's no going back to where it was before, just like there was with government getting involved in real estate, like they did with the rents and things like that. There's no new normal. Yeah. Just got to adapt to it. And good investors are going to find the way to make their money in it. it. And they just got to figure out where it is. So I just want to keep, I just want to keep talking to people and, and seeing where things are around the country because it's. Obviously, Oconomowoc, Wisconsin is nothing like New York. No. So uh, it was it was cool to see the differences in, in what's well, going Like I said, there. I can talk about it more. So please feel free to give me a call. Let me know awesome. when you Absolutely. want to be back. We'll we will do. definitely have you back. Thank well, you. thank you guys for listening. I hope everybody has a great weekend and we will see you next week. Thank Bye. you very much. Bye.